Welcome to the Prophecy Club. And before I <laughs> before I announce the topic today, let me just say that I love you. I love pastors. I love prophecy teachers. But at the end of the day, I don't want to be caught with mud on my face. I don't want to have to apologize because I taught error. I would rather have people click away, go to another church, or say whatever kind of bad things they're going to say about me today, and then be found right at the end of the day. And so that's the reason today our topic is, I'm going to show you seven verses that will destroy the pre-trib misunderstanding. Now, if you've been taught pre-trib, it's okay. I understand. I still love you. If you teach pre-trib, I still love you. But my desire is that we all know the truth. And so I'm going to show you something that I'm going to say probably many of you have never seen. And we're going to understand that there is not going to be a pre-trib rapture, a mid-trib, a pre-wrath. No one is going anywhere to avoid trouble. Now, we do go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and that's part of the things that when I explain that, hopefully you'll understand that there's not going to be a time when Jesus appears in the sky and sucks you off the earth so you don't have to go through any trouble. That's my point. Okay, so let's get started. First of all, this is the pre-trib teaching. They say, okay, now let me explain. This is the seven seals. In other words, from here over to here is seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over the last seven days. So what the pre-tribbers believe is before this trouble hits, before the tribulation starts, that Jesus is going to return in the sky, pull him up in the sky, and then takes him off to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where he feasts with them, and he comes forth, and he feeds them for some seven years. Then seven years later, out here, when he returns one more time, this is what they believe, one more time, then they returned with him on white horses. Now, there's a couple of things wrong with that, okay? Several things wrong with that. First of all, Jesus is returning two more times, not one more time. I will show you the verse and prove it to you. All right, so let's get started here. First of all, this is the classic verse that is taught when they're teaching Bible prophecy that says there's a pre-trib rapture. For the Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout and with a voice. Now, that's the first thing i got to point out. What is the voice? Well, as you go through and <laughs> memorize Revelation like I did, you find out that it had a voice of trumpets. So voice is actually tied together with the word trumpet. Um, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Now, I wish that Paul had just put E-T on the end of this word right here. Trumpet. That would have made it so much easier. Nevertheless, he didn't. But that is what he's talking about. He's not talking about DJT. He's talking about a trumpet. And that would be the seventh trumpet or the last trumpet. Now, but I want you to see this word here, voice. I'm going to show you that. So with the trumpet of God, of the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now. First thing I want to show is, let's go back and look up this word, voice. So, in my particular Bible, if you push F10, it pulls up the Strong's reference numbers. So, you click on the word voice. What does that mean? Well, the, the, in this case, Greek says it is a sound 
or a tone of inanimate things. That means that's the first and the normal use of it. Inanimate things such as musical instruments. So voice of the archangel is not the archangel saying, we we're coming. It is a trumpet, okay? Specifically, the seventh trumpet. Now, I will also give you this. It goes on down here and says that the, the, the second voice or the second definition is the sound uttered words or speech. But the first one is an inanimate musical instrument. So voice has more to do with an inanimate musical instrument or a trumpet than it does a spoken or a hollered voice. Second point. So then we go down to the word trump. Okay, we just looked at voice. Now let's look at trump. Archangel with the trump of God. So what does that trump really mean? Well, in the Greek, it means a trumpet. Okay, so the way we would say that is descend from heaven with the shout, with the sound of a trumpet. It says voice of the, uh, the, of the archangel, which is the same thing, but it's saying sound of a trumpet. Now let's go on. Now let's go to the second big voice, or big scripture. This is the big one that teaches that there's a pre-trib rapture. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, if you'll just remember that word change right there, here and here, and if you'll understand what that means, I'm going to absolutely clear this up right now, because that, Tied together with Job 12, I can show you, George 4, Job 14, 12, answers the question. Okay, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, what is the change? What is the change we all want? We all want to get rid of this old stinky flesh body that sins, and we want to get a new glorified body, wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's the change he's talking about. How long does it take? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when? When? At the last trump. Well, how many trumps are there? How many trumpets are there? There would be seven. Okay, so the last trump would be the seventh trump. So when does this happen? The seventh trump. And that's what I wrote in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. You got to go to Prophecy Club and get you some. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. So the thing that starts it off is the same thing as voice of the archangel or the trumpet of the archangel, okay? Same thing. Shall sound, and the dead shall be raised and corruptible, and then we shall be changed. And that word changed is a key. That's when we get our glorified body. Now, the next big question, this is going to kill it, because the pre-trib rapture believes that Jesus returns before the tribulation, and takes them off to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, if we knew when the marriage supper of the Lamb would take place, that would answer the question. And if the marriage supper of the Lamb took place before the tribulation, well, that would point a whole lot to the fact that there is a pre-trib rapture. So then, when is the marriage supper of the Lamb? How do we know when it is? And the answer is actually found in the Scriptures. So we go back to Exodus. Okay, this is in the days when Moses and the children of Israel first arrived at the base of Mount Sinai. I was there. I climbed on Mount Sinai. I've got it written down here, October the 8th, 2022. I was on Mount Sinai. I didn't climb all the way to the top, <laughs> get too old and slow, but I was there, okay? Now, it says, In the third month, when the children of Israel gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came into the wilderness of Sinai 
For they were departed from Repidim, and I'll skip that. Moses went up with the God, and I'll skip that. You have seen what the Egyptians did, how I bury you on eagles' wings, wings and brought you unto myself. Now, here's the marriage proposal. This is going to tell us when the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice, this is the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the marriage proposal. This is, you might say, God getting down on one knee, though he would not get down on one knee. You understand what I'm saying. This God getting down on one knee with the ring in hand, making a proposal to the children of Israel. If you'll obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now let's skip down to verse 8 for their answer. And they replied, all that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And I believe that's the reason in the marriage vows, do you accept this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. Okay, that's the normal response. I do because I think it came from will do. In other words, that's the first marriage. Now, the big question is, how do we know when that was? We actually know exactly the day that that happens because it says here in the third month. Okay, what does that tell us? That tells us everything. Because in the feasts, there is only one feast in the third month, and that is the Feast of Pentecost. So the marriage, the first marriage, the marriage when God spoke to man audibly, I mean the whole 10,000, whatever number it was, all heard the voice of God. And it scared them so bad. They said, look, look we, we, you know, let him talk to you and we'll hear you. They don't want to hear that again. At the base of Mount Sinai was the first marriage proposal, and it happened on the feast, listen carefully, on the feast of Pentecost. Okay, so on the feast of Pentecost, here's where we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now let's go back to the other chart here. Okay, so in the third month, this is when Pentecost takes place. So how does that destroy a pre-trib rapture? Let's back up to our chart, and I'll show you. The, 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 the Pentecost takes place about four months before Jesus returns, and it's associated with the, well, around the third trumpet, around in here, not these. These are squeezed together. So if the pre-trib rapture was true, then Pentecost would have to be out here someplace. Problem is Pentecost is like the last three months of the year. Okay, it's the, the fall feasts. Well, these are the spring feasts happening out here. So it can't be. It's impossible. Jesus is not coming before the tribulation to take you to the marriage supper of the Lamb because the marriage supper of the Lamb doesn't take place until the very end. The marriage supper of the Lamb takes place here on Pentecost. And then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Four months later, we return with him on white horses here. This is trumpets. There is a trumpet that sounds here for Pentecost. That's when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, let's go to the next point. Now, this is proving that Jesus returns twice. This is the verse that all of the pre-tribbers have just ignored. You know, I never hear, hear this, this verse taught. And I have to tell you, when I was memorizing the book of Revelation, I ran across this, I memorized the words, and it like I blinked and I thought, what? Okay, help me to understand this. What is this saying? It's saying Jesus returns two more times. 
See, the pre-trib rapture theory says that before the tribulation starts, Jesus returns in the clouds, pulls us, all of us good Christians up, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we eat with Jesus for seven years. Seven years later, we come down with Jesus on white horses for Armageddon. That's wrong. And this is another reason that proves it's wrong. Because it says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. In other words, when it says a lamb, it's not saying at the end. Also, when Jesus returns on the Feast of Trumpets for Armageddon, he puts his foot down on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah 14. We know that. And he doesn't return as a lamb. He returns as a lion, as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He returns as king of kings and lord of lords. But here it says he's returning as a lamb. I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. Mount Zion is about a 30-minute walk from the Mount of Olives. I've been to both of them. I've been on both of them. And I can tell you what, it's not the same mountain. <laughs> it's about a 30-minute walk. The point being, it, it cannot be that Jesus is going to come before the rapture, or before the tribulation, and rapture people out. Now, let me go on. I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. With him, 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now, I've gone into this in a lot of detail. It gets complicated. I'm going to save that for the book. But go and get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. I'll explain all of this to you. But what it is, it's 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. I'll give scripture and explain all of this for you. Then I heard a voice from heaven as many waters, the voice of great thunder, the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Here it comes. These were they which are defiled, not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb with whoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among, here it is, here it is, here it is, being the first fruits unto God. That first fruits ties in with, where's my chart here? This first fruits. So that is the secret door that links that together. Now let me explain that. So I was in a conversation. As a matter of fact, I was answering a question at the time. And all of a sudden, faster, I'm going to say it's about a quarter of the speed of a blink of an eye. Literally, faster than I could blink my eye. All of a sudden, I saw a vision. It didn't even interrupt me talking. After the conversation was over, then I went back and you, say, you might say, I opened the vision. And here's what I saw. I saw two books side by side. One was the book of the Torah, or the five, first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. The second one was the book of Revelation. And there was a, uh, see, what here, okay, let's say this is a stick of butter. It's not. But there was a, like a stick of butter between that. But what a stick of butter. It, it was like a yellow time tunnel. And in a millisecond, I was made to know that that word first fruits, this first fruits here, which is one of the feasts, links to this first fruits, and those two linking together, that means that all of the prophecies of Revelation can now be put in the correct chronological order. When we put everything in the correct chronological order, that does away with the pre-trib rapture. Just like there is no marriage supper of the Lamb taking place before the tribulation. Does not happen. It's a misunderstanding of Scripture. They don't have the secret door. They don't understand the feast, so consequently they mess up on it. I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive here. I'm just trying to let you know. Look, you know, we're talking about your salvation. We're not talking about 
what pastor you like, what church you go to. We're talking about your understanding of the way it's going to happen. Now, why do you say, well, that might be my salvation? Look at if the rap you're if you're expecting a rapture, and the rapture does not come, do you think you might get angry at your pastor, get angry at your church, maybe get angry at all at Jesus and all of Christianity? There's going to be a lot of people that'll do that, and there's going to be a wholesale walking away of people walking away from Christianity and Jesus. And I think it's primarily because of the rapture, a misunderstanding of Scripture. All right, now let's go on. Now, these are the three best verses of the Old Testament. So man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. All right, when are the heavens be no more? Well, that's when eternity enters into time, Revelation 6, 12. And the heavens roll back like a scroll. Right? Okay, that's when the heavens are no more. When does that happen? That happens on the last Feast of Trumpets, on the day of Armageddon, the day when Jesus returns using the morning star, which is as lightning shineth even out of the east, out of the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He blows like that down with the breath of his nostrils. He brandishes his sword. It goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations on the mount, of the mountains on fire. The channels of the sea are opened up and seen. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down a, a steep place. The, the, every valley rises. Every mountain falls. The crooked places are made straight. The rough places are made smooth. All of that in a twinkling of an eye. And that's when we get our crowns, our mantles, our rewards, our glorified body, that, for us, is the start of eternity. So man lieth down and rises not till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake. I'll read it again. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Uh, that killed pre-trib. O thou that wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret. Here it is, here it is. Until thy wrath be passed. Okay, what's the wrath? Well, those people that haven't done their homework and haven't studied they're going to say, oh, well, a tri- seven-year tribulation, that's the wrath. Wrong. The wrath is the morning star. That wrath is what burns the tears that fall to the ground a pile of ashes and bones. That wrath also, as it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. That's what lights the earth. The sun has been out for 72 hours. It never lights again because Jesus literally is the light of the world. That wrath that destroys all of the evil on the earth, all of it, and gives us eternity is that wrath is the morning star. Jesus is the bright morning star. Now, let's go on. Until that wrath be passed, thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If I die, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait. I'll read it again. All the days of my appointed time will I wait. I'll read it again. All the days of my appointed time will I wait until what? My change come. Change? What change? We're talking about this change. Remember, behold, we show you, we show you, we shall not asleep, but we shall all be changed. That's the change it's talking about. So this change in 1 Corinthians 50, 51, 52 is the same change talking about here. Job 14, 14. My change come. So what this is destroying is a pre-trib or a mid-trib rapture. It's it's not going to happen. So I lie down. I don't come out of the grave till the heavens are no more. That's when eternity enters into time. Keep me in the grave until thy wrath, in other words, till the burning is past, 
and I will wait until I get my new glorified body. That's what Job is saying. Okay, well, who's Job? That's some guy who lived a long time ago. Yeah, well, Job was one of the three most righteous men of the Old Testament. Noah, Daniel, and Job were the three most righteous. So when one of the most righteous men says that, that was tested like Job, I'd say it's time for us to believe it, my friends. So, in summary, Jesus returns the next time on first fruits. He resurrects 144 one-year-old Israeli boys resurrected in mature bodies, we think. We don't know for certain. Then he walks around for 100, uh, with 144,000 for 50 days on Pentecost. We are resurrected to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And probably right in here someplace is where the first fall of Babylon takes place or the Russians attack America. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not a rapture. It's not saving us. We've all been tested. As a matter of fact, at this time, most all Christians are already dead. And that's okay. That's a good thing, okay? Then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Four months later, we are given a white horse, and we come in tow behind Jesus, along with the two angels with the sharp sickles that slash the grapes, and we watch him burn the tares all on the day of judgment or the feast of trumpets. That's the way it really happens. Welcome to the Prophecy Club today, but I want to show you my emergency food plan, my survival plan. In other words, when society breaks down, what is my plan to be able to feed myself and my family and, quite frankly, the neighborhood too? So this is Joseph Kitchen wheat. This is a grinder. This is some of the wheat. And this is the bread machine that makes the bread. And I'm going to show you how I do it. It's very simple. First of all, I turn on the grinder. I let it spin up. I take one, two, three scoops of red. The red tastes better, but it doesn't have enough protein to make the bread rise. So, you have to put in a scoop of white. So that's three scoops of red. One scoop of white. The white is for protein. If you make four scoops of the white, then all you come up with is kind of like store-bought bread. You don't want that. You want to have good-tasting bread. Give it a second. Let it, let it finish grinding them. Then I'm going to put the wheat in this. And this is a list of the ingredients, honey, yeast, and things like that. All of this is in a video on Joseph Kitchen to show you how, how to go about doing this. Let it spin up. Like that. Shut it down. Let it spin down or you'll get white powder blowing every place. Again, we have videos at josephkitchen.com to show you how to do everything. And I know how to make spaghetti, and I know how to make rice, but I am not a cook. But I have made somewhere between 150 and 180 loaves. And this is a loaf that I made several days ago. As a matter of fact, I had one of these slices right here. Had one of these slices, fast cat-like reflexes. I had one of these slices this morning for bread, or for, for breakfast. Now, what I did was break it in two, because if you put it in the toaster's, 
too much of it sticks up. So I'll break it in two like that. Put one side, <laughs> the other side of the toaster so I can toast the whole thing. Okay, so now we've got wheat flour. So this is whole wheat flour. So now we pour it in our bread machine. I'm a tight wad, so I get every little drop. So you tight wads will appreciate. Then I put in these ingredients, which is uh, the oil, the eggs, the, the water, the honey, and things like that. Now I have a thermometer up here, and it's currently reading 90 degrees. Well, it read 100 degrees when I brought it in here, but I like it to hit 100 degrees because the yeast needs so much heat to work. Actually, I would normally pour this in first, but that's what I'll do today. Then we put in the yeast, and then we put it in here, like this. I'll put in the yeast later. Put it in here, close this, push a button, show you how to program all of that. So essentially what you want to do is get a, a mechanical package which is the grinder, the bread machine, we send you beakers, we send you a thermometer, we send you everything you need to make your home bread. Then you decide how much food you want. Do you want food for six people one year, four people one year, two people one year, or just one person one year? Joseph Kitchen wheat doesn't come in a bag that can break or mice or rats eat it, uh, or it can just get too much moisture, and it has an expiration date on the bag of a year. But Joseph Kitchen, you get them coming to you in a seven-gallon pail. It's also available in smaller pails, too. Anyway, but it's uh, nitrogen-infused. means that they run a, a, a copper rod down to the bottom. They flush out the moisture and the oxygen. We can't say exactly how long it lasts, but probably in the ballpark of like 25 years. It doesn't need refrigeration or anything. So go to josephkitchen.com and get you a six for one, four for one, two for one, or food for one person one year. Because most of your emergency uh, food, your long-term storage food, survival food, whatever you want to call it, costs between nine to $10,000 to feed one person for one year. I'll say it again, nine to $10,000 to feed one person for one year. At Joseph Kitchen, you can do it using wheat which is what fed the world for seven years during the days of Joseph and the Pharaoh for about $1,000 per person per year. So you don't want to spend nine to $10,000 to feed one person for a year or $1,000 to feed one person for a year at josephskitchen.com. I'm going to make me a loaf of bread. It is now time to take out the bread. This is the bread that we all just watched being made. I'm going to tip it over here and it comes out. Now, I wanted to show you the difference between the old bread slicer that was my bread slicer. I, this is the one that we first started out with with Joseph Kitchen. But there's a problem. As you can see, when I go to cut it, <laughs> it sticks up above these. So we had a new bread slicer made. We specifically had it made to our, our specifications so that it would be below there. Now, the bread kind of overflowed a little bit, so I've got to cut it off. I mean, this is, 
This is the life of making bread. Sometimes it doesn't always turn out exactly right. So we have a little bit of overflow. That's still great bread, and I still love it. Okay, so now we stick it down in there. Just push it up like this. And I can go in. Now because it's taller, I want that to be right up against there. Doing There. I made about 150 to 180 loaves. Okay, so now I can cut down here right on these lines. As you can see, it cuts right into place. There's another difference too. I should probably point that out. This has wood at the bottom, which dulls your knife. This one has... Uh, cutting material, you know, like plastic, what do they call it, cutting board, so it doesn't dull your knife. And I can cut through this really quick, as opposed to that one, because it cuts right down where I want to go. Another difference is, this one only has, see it has, how do I explain this? These are different guides that you can put in. There's two different, there's three different guides. There's this thin, this is the medium, and then this is the thick. Whereas this only had like medium, and then down here it, it turns thin. Whereas ours, you can have your, uh, your, your loaf thin, or thick, or what I'm using here today is just the regular loaf size. And so I can cut this through real easy. It didn't take me long to cut down a loaf at all. And this loaf is hot. As a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done recording, I, <laughs> I'm salivating because it smells so good. I'm going to go in there and get me some butter, and I'm probably going to splurge and have two slices. So there you go. The bread that we just made together is now steaming hot in slices. You can't buy this in the store. As far as I know, I don't know a place you can buy it. You can only make this at home. Go to josephskitchen.com, get yourself a machine package, and then get yourself enough wheat and supplies to feed your family. josephskitchen.com josephskitchen.com Promo code Prophecy Club. Terry Saka of CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Why should someone go online or call you today? The time to try to control inflation is over. We have printed the currency so into Bolivian that the only way we can get out of the massive debt that we have is to continue to print and inflate that debt away. While they're doing that, the best way to protect and preserve our wealth we've been given is by gold and silver. Gold and silver is God's money. Amen. Call Terry Saka at cornerstoneassetmetals.com, 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 and find out how to get some of it. Also, I want to recommend you get my Watchman package. I haven't talked about this in a while, but I got them right here. In this Watchman's package, you get two of these two-foot by three-foot 
big charts. Okay, that's one chart. Let me show you the other chart here. And here's the other chart. See, these great big charts, two foot by three foot charts. And they are, uh, they're vinyl. They are very nice. Put them up on the wall, two foot by three foot. And I've got them right here. Of course, it's just eight and a half by 14 charts, so I can refer to them. But if I had a wall a little closer to me, I'd put these up here. Also, you get my handwritten book of Revelation. This is where I hand wrote out the book of Revelation all the way through it, all of the scriptures, and I memorized it. Now, all of this, this has all of my notes in it. Here, let me pick a page that has some notes. See out in the margin there? It has notes. What I think these scriptures are talking about. And then, last year, I did a School of the Watchman. And it was like 18 hours, I think it was. It's on five DVDs. We're putting all that together with uh, five copies of my very powerful book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. It's valued at $355 for a gift of $200. You get both charts. You get the five discs. You get my book and my book. <laughs> my book and my book. All for a gift of $200. Very, very good deal. Also, I recommend you go to prophecyclub.com and get all five of my books. And I didn't write this one, but I did organize it. You get How Pre-Trib 1, Daniel, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, Miss the Mark, and you get one set of each of them, which is actually 40 books for a gift of $100 at prophecyclub.com. And if you need to have, if you don't have this right here on your car, you'll want to get it. This is an EMP shield device. This one goes on a car. All you have to do, it's simple. They have videos show you, but you just put the black wire on the black side of your battery. The green wire attaches to the body of the car, and the red wire attaches to the red side of the battery. And then the back peels off. You don't even have to put any holes in your car. Back peels off. You stick it someplace under your hood. Takes about 10 minutes for us people that are not mechanically inclined. Probably people mechanically inclined, more like five minutes to put it on. And then you're good to go. If you'll go to empshield.com, put in the uh, promo code PROPHECY, you get a $50 discount for everything that you order there. Good deal. Good deal.